0: welcome to are we Gundam or are we the internet's best episode by episode gundam seed podcast that's so close to being back to the promised land of gundam seed destiny where there's characters and development and conflict my name is jeremy
1: i'm tyler fight with your funnels tipped
2: i'm so glad you guys introduced yourself because i kind of forgot who you guys were
0: my name is zach no zach we're not supposed to reveal we're all in the same place until next episode For the final one. So it sounds special. This week we are watching the final episode of Gundam Build Divers, Decisive Battle. The conflict is over at the end of this episode and I don't know what could possibly happen in the next one.
1: It was very confusing that they decided to do what they did at the end of this episode. I
2: think I have a theory as to why they decided that they wanted to squeeze another thing into this one. But uh, I'll save that for then. Other than
0: that, it's like, yeah, they pretty much resolved the conflict here. There is no Denuma, to be fair. And Gundam usually gets a little bit of denouement, at least. I don't know if this series deserves it, but usually there's a little. Does Wing in, in the actual series have any? I know there's
2: some at the end of Endless Waltz.
0: Yeah, there's the bit in the shuttle where Hero gets the bear for Rolina. It's been so long since I watched Wing. It's all on YouTube now. I think it's all still on Crunchyroll and on Funimation,
2: too. So. Yeah,
0: it's been on those for a while. So yeah, we are watching episode 24, Decisive Battle. I don't remember if I said that or not yet. Do we just want to get into it? I don't have any preamble idea, which usually means, hey, let's get into it.
1: I am more excited for the final episode of this series for a variety of reasons, not least of which is that we will finally be done with it.
0: I mean, I
2: was kind of excited to look forward to this one because they finally managed to do what Destiny did and C did, which was ended on a cliffhanger. So you want to come back and see what happens next.
0: Just serialized storytelling. So again, we are watching episode 24, Decisive Battle. You can watch along if you like on Crunchyroll or YouTube or Funimation, even if we recommend you do not. We start this one off with a flashback to Riku telling the champion, hey, I want to battle you sometime. And the champion being like, that sounds cool. I mean,
2: whatever, on one kid. one hand, it is kind of setting up on the conflict because Riku is saying, I want to fight you. And... The last episode ended on their fight basically about to start. So it does have that emotional
1: weight to it of
2: this is what he wanted from the beginning. And he's finally getting a chance to do it.
1: Kind of, although as we'll find out, he's not satisfied with doing it this way. This isn't how he wanted it. He wanted it in like an arena or something.
2: Well,
0: I think it's more along the lines of he wanted a fair fight. Yeah, we get a slow whiteout to Riku being like, but this isn't how I wanted to fight you. I wanted it to be like an official battle. We still haven't really established what that means. Or you know, exactly
2: what the raid battle is. Don't worry. We'll get to that.
0: But the champion is like, hey, Riku, if you have like shown in motivations and stuff you want to protect, you have to fight. You can't let sentimentality get on the way. If two people on different paths collide. It's natural they fight. I know you don't understand this because this is Gundam Build Divers where people aren't allowed to have character <laughs> conflict. But it's happening right now. You better get ready, kid.
2: I'm a little bit surprised that Riku doesn't immediately respond with the last three words Kiyoya said.
0: <laughs> well, he's so shocked he doesn't say anything at all. And Kiyoya's like, either let me pass or I'm going to push you out of the way. Well, I mean, if you want to be the best, that is kind of
2: how that works. You either let other people go ahead of you and let them trample on you or you push them
0: aside and do the trampling. That's how being the best works. So the champion starts the fight with a blast from his Dodd's rifle, but Riku manages to dodge. Riku asks him, you
2: know, just making sure you won't let me pass, right? (laughs) And Kiyoya
0: replies with, our determination isn't that weak. And here is when Riku decides to repeat what he said and says, I will push you out of the way then. At the very least, in that case, it is actually a response to what Kiyoya said. True. We cut to very sad Sarah in the sad room.
1: Really quick, I would like to point out that that bed has no comforter on it. It is just a bare mattress.
2: Well, I mean, they did the <laughs> standard thing. They took it out of the room so that she wouldn't commit suicide. She, they are holding her as a prisoner. Can she even? Or does she just respawn?
0: <laughs> I feel like she could definitely do a bedsheets ladder off that balcony outside. Well, there's yeah, that too. that's more what
1: I'd
2: expect. But the her thing day. is, I assumed she couldn't mm. leave the room to go onto the balcony because of the, because key, oh, of the guard. Said. Yeah, because what we saw in the last episode where Maul bounced off of the thing because she doesn't have permission to leave.
0: Yeah, but what if she does a bug?
1: Okay, yeah, that's true. What if she does a bug?
0: Yeah, like a butterfly and grants wings to herself and flies away. That just sounds ridiculous. That would never happen in a Gundam series. (laughs)
2: Gundam growing butterfly wings never happen. Only bullets do that.
1: What if she granted Maul the power of flight?
2: We still don't know what Maul can do.
1: I assume nothing because they are a cosmetic pet. It's weird that it has a personality. Does
2: it have a personality? I think because it is Sarah's pet.
1: Okay, I'll believe that. It got bugged into having a personality.
2: No, she trimmed off a small bit of the love for Gunpla and it got added to that.
1: <laughs> I want to know, so if this plan goes through and they like manage to give Sarah a body... Does Maul come with her or because it's like in the necklace?
0: I'm pretty sure not. I think they would also have to give Maul a body or give Sarah a Maul accessory.
1: <laughs> I, like a Polly Pocket? Ooh, a Molly Pocket? Ooh, that might be something. <laughs> I did have the thought at the end of this
2: episode when I was watching it through the first time of when we were talking about how the GM being pressured, possibly being pressured from people above him. If we'd gotten that scene earlier, like where someone above him is pressuring him to... To get rid of Sarah because bugs and profit.
0: What he does at the end would make a lot more sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think I can easily justify what they were going for there. I see where the turn is, but it does feel like we need a little more there. So we get the opening sequence, and when we're back, we cut to Nick Fury asking what the battle situation is. And like, we're winning. Two of the enemy Gunpla are inactive, and the Rommel team are pursuing the rest. I mean, they say two of the enemy Gunpla are inactive. Shariar was on their side when
2: the battle started. Just pointing out, the two gunplay they're referring to being out of action are
0: Sharyar and Tiger Wolf. I was one actually of which was on their side. <laughs> I mean, then he turned and fought the champion. I don't know.
2: And so they refer to the fact that uh,
0: Momo is currently engaged and everybody else is pinned down on an island. And the champion is meeting the enemy later. Cut to the GM who's just got a report and is staring at Sarah. And he's like, hey, I understand why they can't just give up, but they're not going to win, so you should let me kill you. I mean, to
2: be fair, from what we get to see of Kiyoya, they kind of can't.
1: Yeah, it turns out he's the champion for a reason, because he took on both Shariar and Tiger Wolf Although, in two-on-one. both of them were damaged
2: at the time when they started fighting him.
1: I want to know how that would go otherwise. Or Maggie, apparently Maggie has the potential to be number one and just hasn't been doing anything because she's too busy, like mentoring random kids i
2: mean that would make a little bit of sense to me
0: yeah i think maggie is probably not as good as the champion anyway yeah from what we've seen like maggie definitely has the potential to be top 10 at the very least i do think if maggie applied herself and wanted to she would be higher ranked than 22 which still ain't bad
2: do we know exactly where rommel falls on the individual because i feel like rommel is one of those guys who's really good at leading his guys but isn't like top tier in terms of
0: gameplay yeah there's also do people care about one-on-one ranking or is it all about team ranking because most of the time it seems to be the latter with the exception of like Kiyoya, but he's also got the number one force he's the ace of the number one force so tiger wolf cares
2: about one-on-one that's true capability so I feel like it's probably one of those things that's pretty evenly divided, because obviously Ogre cares about one-on-one, Tiger Wolf cares about one-on-one, so it seems to be about evenly split as to one-on-one versus force ranking.
1: I love that the wiki lists the status of Buildiverse characters as-, as to whether they're alive or dead. I'm like, well, how would they die? What happened to them?
0: They log out and suffer a heart attack. There are stakes in re rise, so I don't think anyone dies in rise though, but there is the risk of it.
2: To be fair, in most Gundam series, the protagonists are usually safe. I was about to say in most Gundam series, most characters don't die, and then I had immediate thought of... Actually, a lot of the antagonistic main characters usually
1: die. I'll I was about to say,
0: and then there's just like that music. da 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 Why, just everybody in scene who's died.
1: Ask not for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for toll.
2: So after the GM says that... uh you know, it's impossible they can't win. It shows the champion kicking the shit out of Riku, and then we get the title card.
0: So Maggie has disengaged from Rommel and is flying around looking for Riku, but he just finds Tiger Wolf and Shariar are beat up. I kind of wish
2: we got a chance to see how Maggie disengaged from Rommel's entire freaking team.
0: It looks like he just flew away. He was like, hey, Rommel, I see you are still all about the ground forces and did not put jets on. Bye! Well, he <laughs> does have the Death Scythe as part of his Gundam. He might have the Death Size cloaking yeah. ability on there. And the base of it, we find out this episode, is a
1: strike freedom. So Chariar and
0: Tiger Wolf are like, well, we were just sleeping. It was just nap time.
1: And they I start like, arguing again. They still have time to banter.
0: Which Maggie's like, okay, no need to worry if you're still flirting. Thing is, Rommel let Maggie go so that he could surround them. Might be, because we now get Rommel showing up with a bunch of grunt suit allies. It's like, can't you see your actions are going to lead to the destruction of this world? Surrender to save GBN. I kind of like how all of Rommel's dudes
2: are always in grunt suits. No one ever has the Gundams. It's a great aesthetic. And it definitely follows along with their whole, like, we're the military type of thing, not the lone gunman, as most Gundams generally are.
0: Yeah. Like I said, Rommel has a thing for military. He named himself after one. A very famous one. So Maggie's like, hey, so are you saying this world is more important than Sarah's life? And Rommel's like, yes, I am, because some people are disabled. And it would have been really good if we had an episode about these people and the difficulties of living life in GBN. And then maybe this conflict would seem more reasonable. You mean the uh,
2: difficulties of people who are
0: using GBN to escape from their normal lives? A bunch of the dialogue implies to me that people are just always in GBN. And I think that's a super interesting sci-fi concept to explore.
1: Isn't that just Ready Player One?
0: I mean, kind of, but... It's transitioning to that, right? Yeah. In Ready Player One, everyone is doing that. This is some people, particularly disabled people, as we will find out, or that is who Rommel is championing, live here full time. And I think it would have been super interesting to take an episode to explore that. And it would make Rommel seem like he has more of a point. Yeah, because
2: right now, like as it stands, we have the head canon that Rommel is one of these people, and that's why he has so much advocacy for it. But since it never talks about Rommel, I feel like they wanted Rommel to just basically end up being the antagonist, the the active antagonist, whereas the GM is kind of the inactive antagonist, pulling the strings. Like the
0: the GM is the boss man, Rommel is the face of the bad guy. See, I am willing to give Bill Divers even a little more credit of that. Is I think they wanted nuanced positions on the opposition. Right, Keoya is doing it mostly as theater. Rommel genuinely believes it. And is like, yes, Sarah is a living being, but her sacrifice is worth it for this benefit. Like, her death improves the world. And that, I think, is worth it. And the GM is the extreme. No, Sarah isn't even a thing. Why are we even talking about this?
2: Because Rommel is championing that idea of, uh, you know, there are people who live here full time because they're disabled. Having more of a look into Rommel, because he's one of the characters we haven't seen, like, any from he's gotten no focus episode on him or anything like that. He's just kind of nipped in and out to be a running joke about being a ferret.
0: And I don't even think it has to be about Rommel. I think if there's just an episode about some characters who do that, and Rommel is fighting on their behalf, I think that still works.
1: I it did it point it this situation sense. out to Alex though, and she's like, "You know, there are other video games, right? Like, you know, that most MMOs don't last that long, right?" Well, like... the,
2: I, I think the idea here is that. Even though we've mentioned that the, the tech doesn't seem like it would really do that. The fact that they it's like a full dive MMO type of thing, so they can get up and walk around here. I get the feeling that GBN is the only game that does
0: this.
1: It might be, but it wouldn't be for very long. And like, Well, it's a
0: ridiculous premise, but I think it is one we have to engage with. That's fair. It also depends on how long the
1: technology it,
2: has been patented. Because if it's been patented, then nobody else could technically use it to make a different game to start with. Until the patent ran out. I'm curious. Why are you saying
0: patent and not patent? Why am I saying patent and not patent? Is Peyton Manning paying you to say it like that? No, I'm saying patent like the way I am because I can see that it irks people. Speaking of patents, everybody take your Jeremy Talks About Build Fighters drink. There is a (laughs) character in Build Fighters whose motivation is he wants to figure out how the technology to move Gundams works. Because the patent only allows it to be used to uh, do mobile suit battles with Gunpla. And he's like, no, we can apply this to medical technology. If we could move plastic any way we wanted, (laughs) can you imagine the possibilities? I don't know how long (laughs) patents
2: last before they are, like, before you lose the patent and anybody
1: can access it. I was trying to find out how long patents last in Japan, and the answer is 20 years.
0: So we cut to Kurt as Rommel gives his speech about the difficulties some divers face who can't act freely in the real world. Remember Kurt, Rommel's sidekick? Especially because of what
2: we find out that he's more or less talking about Kurt. So bringing up Kurt as an episode focus, like they did for uh, Second in Command Lady of Avalon and Hiyaki Lady, Rose, like, they did that a couple episodes ago. That would make a lot of sense.
0: I Like I said, it doesn't even have to be Kurt. It can be another character, and then we can subtly draw the line. Well, I mean, especially if Kurt, like, made some kind of tangential appearance
2: for that. Yeah. Because otherwise, I win with Kurt because he's the one we've seen. Yeah. As opposed to adding another character for them to not use.
0: And Tiger Wolf's like, hey, if you do that, her face is going to haunt you every time you log in, and you'll never be able to enjoy the game again. I don't think Tiger Wolf is wrong for Rommel. I get the feeling that if this
2: were to go through and Rommel were to kill her, like Rommel's got the conviction to do it. But I do think he is human enough to feel bad about it and feel guilty about it. So he would see her face every time he logged in.
0: Yeah, which goes back to my headcanon about Rommel being ex-military. I think he has decided that that's true, but he also has experience with that already. And he's
2: willing to deal with it in order, not for himself, but for the other people that he's trying to champion. Yeah. Is a good leader. Well, that's one of the reasons why I actually like Rommel, because they brought that through without having to take too much time to dive into it. He's a better character than
1: the build divers are. Yeah, I really dislike that this actually fairly interesting philosophical conversation is happening between a bunch of side characters. What are you doing, show?
2: And depending on how you look at Rommel, you could also see Rommel as a side character to a side character. Is he Kyoya's side character? I mean, you could see him that way because we've almost always seen Rommel in conjunction with Kiyoya.
0: Though he's Kiyoya's dragon, if Kiyoya is the main antagonist. Yeah, he is definitely Kiyoya's main henchman. So Rommel's like, that's not worth the tens of millions of lives playing GBN, so I won't let GBN be destroyed. Didn't we already find out that it was only 5 million people played it? 20. Er, 20 million people. Which is technically tens. It is two tens of millions. And Maggie's like, no, optimism. We're gamers, remember? What, are you some sort of bitch that doesn't go for the perfect ending when you play? I do kind
2: of <laughs> like the phrasing there because of the fact that it is a game. Yeah, Sharyar says it. You, you should aim for the true ending I no matter how hard so much. it is. <laughs>
1: it's pretty good. Go for the harem ending, Rommel.
2: Rommel's the kind of guy who's like, I got to the end. I saw the end cutscene. That's good enough for me. Sharyar's the dude that's like, dude, I played Dark Souls
0: 30 <laughs> times and got the perfect ending. So Rommel's like, no more talk, open fire. And Maggie's like, bitch, I have a strike freedom. You know, (laughs) it's really funny. I hadn't thought
2: about that, but I was bored once and thinking about along the lines of if I were to build something for a game like this, what would I use for it? And me being me, was like, strike freedom for the funnels and whatnot, and then combine it with Death Scythe's cloaking ability, and you have a
0: nasty, highly mobile, highly destructive sniper... Uh, see, I, for a while, I even bought the parts for it. I ended up selling them. Was considering building you a heavy arms with the launcher strike pack.
2: <laughs> I was also thinking about like, would I manage to cram the heavy arms Endless Waltz
0: custom main cannons where the rail
2: guns are supposed to go?
0: <laughs> All the DACA. So Chariar, Tiger Wolf, and Maggie begin taking out Rommel's grunts. It is worth pointing out that Tiger Wolf only has one arm while doing this. So holy
2: crap, are Rommel's grunts terrible? Well, they are grunts in grunt suits. I mean, at least some of those were. There was a goof in there. Why would you
1: ever pilot a grunt suit in this game?
2: My only thought would be if grunt suits had more customizable options on them or if they got boosts for being grunt suits Especially if they were used in conjunction with other people nearby.
1: Yeah, like, that's what I'm wondering, is that they get, like, group bonuses or something. I do like the highly customizable approach, though. That seems kind of interesting.
2: But, I mean, from what we've already seen, it doesn't matter yeah. for that. Although, I guess uh, Yuki's, of the Build Divers, is probably the most highly customized version of any mobile suit they have.
0: I think, going back to why would use grunt suits, just RP reasons makes sense
1: to me. That's fair. I, I mean, th- I'm down for that. I guess if you're aiming for, like high-tier play, the meta seems to revolve around well, I mean, get one of these three Gundams. Especially look,
2: looking at it from a meta perspective, and this was something me and Jeremy talked about, if Rommel's special move related to like maneuver or some kind of defensive or command buff, but only applied to like those grunt suits, and grunt suits getting a buff when working together would make a lot of sense as to why you can set him against the champion on an even battlefield. So like the champion has all the individual power, but it's offset by the fact that the grunt suits are working together and can beat in that way. Yeah. Do
1: we ever see Rommel's special ability?
2: We do not. That's why I was theorizing that it might be related to maneuver or defense, because I think it's the only one we don't see.
0: And also metaphorically, all the Gundam build series are taking the existing Gundam modeling community and exaggerating them. And there is mostly an old school. They're not very common now. But there is a section of the Gundam modeling community that comes from military models And so they tend to really like the Zaku and the more World War II inspired mobile suits and sort of doing more realistic
1: sort of looks to them. Yeah, I I Uh, feel like it makes a ton of sense, like, just to model them. But if you're, like, actually trying to play competitively in this game, I don't know. I'm sorry. I
2: just, when we got into the military modeling and whatnot, it, it made me think of a joke that came out of the Azure Lane anime from last year, not the slow ahead one, where a one of the girls is holding a model, wanting to buy a model of the ship she's based on.
1: <laughs> That's pretty good.
0: We cut back to Koichi, Riku, and Momo, who are pinned down, as previously stated. And Yuki. I mean, it's it's a damn good thing that
2: these guys can't surround you from the air when you're only being taking cover behind basically
0: chest high walls. It's a really good thing they can't possibly do that. So they're like, hey, Yuki, go back up, Riku. We're going to break through here. And Kyoichi's like, yeah, I have one more round in my destroy everything cannon. (laughs) I mean, it does show that Yuki has the little handguns, too. I have no idea where those come from. They look very cool to me.
1: They Uh, remind me of the plasma pistol from Halo, actually. Are you you
2: sure they don't come off of something out of
0: Double X?
1: No, I'm not sure, because I haven't (coughs) seen Double X.
0: The Double X aesthetic tends to be very bulky, and those are not. That said, I don't know for sure that they- Are they Jägen sidearms? No, they're not Jägen sidearms. I'm very familiar with the Jägen's weaponry. Also, I think those are
2: beams, and wasn't the Jägen all ballistics? No, Jägen's mostly beam
0: weapons. It's got the missiles and the shield, so it's got a mix, but by the time of the Jägen, beam weapons are- Like, if you don't have beam weapons, you're basically a civilian suit. Okay. But Amelia shows up in her custom impulse Gundam and is like, No, uh, you may be a main character, but I'm a face character, so I'll stop you we cut to Momo very dramatically being like, ah, oh, he got me. Yeah. Oh. The
2: other custom impulse Gundam knocking her out. And then like <laughs> the colossally dumb statement of, I hit you with the dull side of the blade. Uh, number one, it's a game. It's not real. Just killer. Number two, that doesn't have a dull side of the blade when slashing like that. You have a
1: scythe. He's got like a spear thing,
2: but the, the way the head is shaped. Swiping at somebody like that is definitely not a dull side of the blade. But I do
0: like that she ejects her mini self and is like, see you later, bye. And he's just like, What what are you doing? And she's like, I'm gonna go save my friend, obviously. You, you only can't get to use that trick think once this is
1: gonna work. You only get to use that trick once per anime.
0: So cut to Sarah and the GM, so the GM's like, worried about your force, allow me to demoralize you further by showing you them losing. Cut to the Gundam base, where Nanami's like, hey, is it going, Sukasa?" And he's like, well, everything's fine on my end. That's your brother's we gotta worry about now, not me. Yeah, I can't do anything on this end of things. Hope he doesn't waste all this work I did, as he is watching the
2: champion continue to beat the crap out of Riku. I mean, I would definitely believe that this is being broadcast, because it is kind of the most important thing happening in GBN right now.
1: I'm a little surprised Nanami didn't join them.
0: She doesn't have a gunpla. It's not done yet. That's fair. The champion destroys Riku's main rifle, though not the big Destiny one he has on the back. Although I do feel like they could have taken in a rental. (laughs) Yeah, they got a few. Koichi made them. They're canonically pretty good.
2: Well, and she has an account, so that wouldn't be a problem. Although, she doesn't know what
1: she's doing.
0: And headcanon, they need someone to let Tsukasa into the back room. Ah, that's true. Yeah, that's true, too.
1: I was just thinking that, like, more bodies would be useful. I mean, yeah. They could have had her sacrifice herself on the shuttle.
0: So the champion's like, you think you can save Sarah like that, huh, Riku? He's just going into like the full-on Gundam antagonist. Riku's like, you're right. I do need to try. I'll use my Trans Am. Which doesn't Trans Am leave you kind of vulnerable after it runs out? Theoretically. And the champ's like, well, if that's what you got, I'll show you what I got. I don't have Trans Am because I like to keep to my one series, but I have the equivalent. FX Burst. So it does basically the same thing. I mean, they're functionally very different, but it feel like in a video game, they would do exactly the same thing. FX Burst is about reducing, taking all the limiters off and the age FX moves so fast that that's not really practical. But of course the pilot gets good enough that he can do it. And obviously the champion is on a similar skill level. And Transam is just basically NOS. You get three times better at everything. It turns you red, Zach. <laughs> extra firepower, extra speed, extra maneuverability.
1: I would like to point out that all the champion special moves are, like, kind of lame puns. The actual name of his FX burst is fx Explosion. I think his sword attack is EX-caliber, it which is. I love.
2: So we go into that, like, Dragon Ball Z, like, bouncing off energy lines, bouncing off of each other. I do love how they go smashing through these floating islands. Like, they're just going all over the battlefield.
0: Riku uses his shin lasers, but the champion just blocks it with a spinning sword. And he can't get a melee attack in? Because the champion is just
2: absolutely mopping the floor with him.
0: So he's like, okay, fine, I'll use my special move. And I'll use it on my gun, which we haven't seen before, that will turn it into a cool bow. I mean, that is kind of neat. And he did
2: just, like, stop in midair to do that. So it's I guess fine. he doesn't need to have ground underneath him for him to plant it.
1: He's got invulnerability frames also on that. It's a pretty nice super move.
2: I do love how... They- champion just like straight up beam saber blocks it and kind of no-sells this new version
1: of his attack. It's really funny.
0: I love how he cuts it in two and we see just beams scattering everywhere and Riku's like, ah shit.
1: And then the champion's like, no, take my enhanced funnels. Enhanced sword funnels. I love how the
0: sword funnels explode as they go into Riku. Presumably it's the double O sky that's exploding as it's pierced, but it looks great. And the GM's like, hey, Sarah, the battle will be over soon, so let me kill you now. The coalition totally has this. Riku is barely able to get up. He's down to just the big Destiny gun. And Champ's like, in the end, that was all the determination you had. So the, age,
2: the Age's feet change when it lands. Does it actually do that in the series? Not that I recall. I think that is
0: specific to the Magnum.
2: So it's about to charge up. Everybody is about to get blown up and destroyed. Yuki loses an arm. Somebody figures out that you can go around the cover that Ayame and uh, Koichi are using.
0: And Genki Boy just picks Momo up.
2: I, I, I love the screen here because he picks her up and it's like she's flailing.
0: And I love all the
2: scratch damage on his, yep. his head.
0: And Sarah's like, ah, everyone is going to get beat. This is so sad. I don't understand that this is just a video game. They might suffer a small penalty. Of course, I mean, like you said, this is just, this is
2: physics for her. This is life for her. So to her, them getting shot down might actually be them dying.
1: This actually has stakes, though, because if they lose, they have no chance of rescuing her. Yeah,
0: because she now remembers the champion asking, hey, what do you want? And she is thinking about it.
1: And she's like, I want a deus ex machina.
0: So we get the very slow shot of the champion's rifle charging as she yells to stop. And this is her summon which summons ogre (laughs) (laughs) he lands presumably right
2: between the champion and riku which initially it's like how could he possibly land there but we see koichi jumping away from him kiyo yeah yeah kiyo koichi my bad
0: yeah my uh interpretation is the ogre was trying to land right on him
2: he was trying to dfa him
0: yes but kiyo was like i've played castlevania symphony of the night i know the back dash
2: And Riku is super surprised that Ogre showed up.
0: And he just sees that they have accepted the Alliance. I, I get the feeling that
2: he sent that, we, we saw him sending out the Alliance request earlier. Yeah. And I get the feeling that Ogre was really debating whether or not he wanted to help Riku and then finally made up his mind and decided, yeah, I could go for a good fight. I don't think his force members tried to convince him of anything. I don't honestly think he would have told them anything about it. I think Doji might've tried to convince him about it. Only if he told Doji that he had, that yeah, they Riku got... had asked. Yeah. I feel like he wouldn't have told anybody to make this decision on his own, especially
1: because of what they say later. I'm really surprised that he didn't immediately jump on a chance to fight the champion, though. I get the feeling the reason why he wouldn't do that is because he
2: never thought they'd get that far. That's fair. Because <laughs> looking at it, they're fighting against basically the whole
1: server. He's like, you ate all the appetizers for me. No, it's time for the main course.
2: Well, I think it's also a matter of you uh, You guys are actually proving that sh- this is something that, that is possible. So I'm going to join in because this is going to be fun.
0: He definitely has a smile of, oh, nah, now it's ogre time. Shut up and sit down, Riku. I'm going to take him out.
2: I feel like his swords change length every time we get a shot of the ogre custom.
0: So we get what would be the eye catch and cut the Yuki being landing after being shot. And Amelia's about to finish him off when someone shoots her from off screen. And it's her only
1: other rival, Rose, I guess.
0: Well, first we see Doji showing up to save Yuki. And
2: he's just going to town. I also get the feeling that Riku didn't tell anybody that he was reaching out to Hayaki for assistance. Probably he didn't want to get their hopes up. It would be my headcanon. Yeah, that'd be my guess. I'm just saying that I don't think he told anybody about it.
0: But then Rose shows up and is like, yeah, I want to 1v1 you. You may have vaguely beaten me at racing-ish, but that's not what we actually care about. And then other Hayaki members... Shows up to free Momo. Well, I do love the very slow kick animation she has. I'm just like, ugh, you suck. I'm getting out of here.
2: (laughs) The guy shows up to save Momo and is like, are you guys stupid solo to bully the weak? It's like, dude, what? And Momo,
0: I'm not weak, drop kick to the face.
1: Which does almost nothing because she's in a tiny ball.
0: I wonder... If we're supposed to take it as Hyaki coming with a lot of reinforcements, because it was established earlier that they are a much larger force than the core five. We've seen at least, I think, six, no, seven
2: of their mobile suits, because they just showed a shot of four more coming in. And I don't know that we've seen all of them. And obviously, and then there's the three that are in the specific battles.
0: Because I think this all flows dramatically, so I don't want to bring this up as a big slide against build divers. But there is kind of the question of, how did Hiyaki get here in the middle of the battle? And that is the headcanon that works to me, is if they came with a large force. Well,
2: here's here's my thought on that. They probably came with a decent sized force. And because build divers snuck around them, everybody that was guarding the gates has been pulled down. Back. Yeah, that makes sense. I was to say, I
1: imagine their patrols weren't patrolling anymore because well, they assumed everyone was on the field They already. specifically
2: called them back after the build divers started their initial assault. So, like, they weren't guarding those gates anymore, which makes this make some sense as to how they were able to get here.
0: And like I said, dramatically it flows fine,
2: which is what's more important. Well, you also should really do your homework to make sure of that kind of a thing.
0: Well, it becomes a fridge logic problem. It's not a problem when you're watching the episode, which is why I didn't want to draw too much attention to it. So, Kiyo asks Ogre why he'd help build divers, and Ogre's like, why do you think? I want a true battle. It's eat or be eaten.
2: Well, he specifically says, I don't want a travesty like this, presumably talking about the whole server against one team.
0: And he's like, all I care about is a battle. I don't care about anything lofty like saving the world. I do love how, while he's yelling about this, the champion
2: is basically calmly deflecting everything Ogre tries to do.
0: What I love is in the dub, he goes, oh, huh. Have you bitten off more than you can chew? And Ogre is basically like, oh, "Oh, I food puns. You do not food puns. That is my thing, you asshole. I am the champion of food puns. And
2: I love how he, like, after that comes up, the champion just so calmly just disables Ogre and knocks him out of the way and is about to delete him when Riku saves him.
0: He's like, yeah, I owed you one. And I do, like, Ogre gets a smirk. He's like, I don't need your help, buddy.
2: Despite the fact that Kiyoyo was about
0: to wreck you. And I guess he got his big destiny sword off the ground or something, because Riku has it now. And Kiyoyo's like, fine, I'll funnels you guys. And he basically just starts
2: talking about, like, if you guys want it, you have to take it away from me and I'm not going to just give it to
1: you. I wonder how funnels work mechanically in this game. It's not something that I expect the show to ever give a real answer to, but, like, do you have to individually manipulate each funnel? What are the key bindings for that, even?
0: you're in a virtual reality Gundam cockpit, so it could just be. I mean,
1: <laughs> That's because fair.
0: these sword funnels are, I guess they're based on Gundam age sword funnels, which I don't think are mentally controlled. I think you have to input them. I could be wrong though. Have we seen anybody else using funnels in this series? We've seen some NPC divers use them. There was a new Gundam. I know that the new
2: Gundam was there, but I don't think that was a person. Oh. I think that was a, uh...
0: yeah, we saw Ayame took control of the, uh... oh yeah,
2: you're right with, Because I was just thinking about like, that would be a nice little touch if funnels are so difficult to control that the champion was basically the only person who was using them. Does Randy's
1: Mobius have funnels? We never see him use them.
2: That's fair. I mean, I think I mentioned that last time around. He never uses them. He just chases Riku around.
0: So Riku does his Trans Am again because Ogre's here to help him now, so he can. It's got like a
1: five minute cooldown.
0: (laughs) So they start doing their Dragon Ball Z fight again. Because the champion
2: turns on his F-Explosion. F-Explosion! I love how in this 2v1 fight, the champion is just effortlessly... He is destroying these Yeah, drugs. He's just absolutely wrecking them. At one point, he ducks out from between the two of them, and Riku accidentally stabs Ogre.
0: Well, Kiyoya Spider-Mans him. But, yes. And then I love the bit where he grabs weapons off the 00 sky to throw at Ogre. <laughs> I do love
2: how we are really seeing the champion as to why he is the champion.
0: And why everyone's like, oh man, that guy is so good. I want to be that guy.
2: It's not a matter of, oh, he's barely holding his own in this 2v1. He is straight up jeering this thing.
1: (laughs) I love this shot. Yeah,
0: I wanted to bring it up too. Where Riku tries to go for like the burning finger with his gauntlet and Kiyo just sticks his hand with three sword funnels. It's a really nice
2: shot, especially because as they're standing there, his age, too, is just, like, calmly standing around, like, in front of him, like, what? I don't even have to try to kick your ass.
1: Then Kiraya just punches the crap out of...
0: Well, he specifically stabs him with his sharp shield, and that gives a bunch of the errors we always love to the double O Sky.
1: And then
2: just punts him into the ground. I love the shot of him coming to ground again, because it shows the transformation of his foot, and then all the funnels come down around him. It's great. Actually, I wonder if that's a reference to one of the machines from the Super Robot Wars game, because I know there's one that has that kind
0: of thing on it. It also looks similar to the Barbatos' feet. It's not the same, but they have that sort of high heel design. So cut back to Nick Fury as being reported that two of the enemy's leaders are down. We cut to the lobby with people looking very concerned, including our buddy Patrick. I'm not sure whose side he's on, but...
1: But we find out later. I, so we, we
0: don't really know whose
2: side anybody is on. We just see them all looking concerned.
0: But Ogre's got his detachable hand. And at this point, Kiyoya opens an open channel, presumably to all of GBN. Well, that's what it seems like as Riku is struggling to get up. And he's like, I've got to do some heal stuff so that we can broadcast how heroic you are to all of GBN. So they will accept the outcome we're going to give them.
2: That's my thought. I wonder if this is actually kind of Kiyoya's plan. Is so- basically show me your determination and I'm going to give it to you.
0: Yeah. Why else do you show everybody this? And you have possible deniability with the coalition of, Oh, I just wanted to show them getting their ass kicked. Because they were
1: Why go so far? Uh, because there's literally no other option.
2: And there's a life on the line. Riku says, I started playing GBN because of you. And the champion looks surprised, even though he's been
1: told this before.
2: I was sure he had mentioned that to the champion. Wait, no, I think he might have only said that to the champion that he admired him. I don't know that he told the champion that he
0: started playing because of him. He did tell him, but he did not know he was the champion at that time. They had that discussion when he was in disguise. I read this more as the champion being surprised that Riku is still saying that when he has been such a heel to him this entire time. We get a second Patrick Collissar cameo as he is listening to this speech. It hardly counts as a cameo. He's front and center. He's, He's even in the middle of the frame. He doesn't have a line. He'll get that next week. So we,
2: we see everybody like flashing through as Riku is giving his speech. This is one of the few times in which I will look at it and be like, yeah, I can understand why everybody stopped because this isn't like some huge battle necessarily. So it's it's fine to stop and listen to what the dude is saying.
0: Which is basically like, hey, online games are important. You can meet lots of people that you couldn't meet in real life. Like waifs who got born on the internet. And assholes who um, want to destroy it because they have so much passion for it. And I do love that we get a shot of Ogre charging up his secret loop while Riku is stalling for him.
2: You can't possibly say that you don't know somebody who would be doing
0: that. Oh yeah, I love it about Ogre. So Sarah is crying as everybody talks about what she means to them. And they're like, yeah, she was nice and stuff. She had a personality, and that's so rare around here. (laughs) She was a decent human being. Ayame's SD Gundam changing to green, does that mean anything? I mean, it's sort of thematically appropriate. Uh, The Unicorn Gundam goes green at the end of the series. So, kind of, but not really.
1: I'm going to call kind of bullshit on Ayami and Koichi being like, Sarah gave me the motivation to do this. I'm like, no, Riku gave you the motivation to do that. Well, I guess in- transitively, Sarah gave you the motivation a- to do that. Koichi
2: because- actually was more of running into Shariar and Tiger Wolf. Yeah, also. Everyone to check things out. But
0: Sarah was there.
2: If she was more active and less quiet, I think that would make this hit a little bit better.
0: Everything's Riku saying lands fine. Yeah. Even Yuki. Because well, she was there when Yuki and Doji got their groove back. But we, like <laughs> we said, with Koichi and Ayame, they kind of had arcs, and Sarah was more involved with Koichi's than Ayame's, but not really a motivating force in either.
1: I kind of like and, the idea of uh, Koichi's new groove.
0: And same with uh, Momos. <laughs> yeah, Momo started playing because I'm a character in this show, let me be a character in well, this Well,
2: she show. started playing because Yuki and Riku were playing, and then she met the champion, and he was awesome in the greatest game ever made, so she wanted to start playing.
0: Anyways, like, yeah, Sarah is a metaphor for our love for Gumpla, and we don't want to be embarrassed by that, so we can't murder her. And I'm like, sure, Gundam Build Fighters, you basically got there. (laughs) I mean, if you say it enough, surprise surprise ferrets. Rommel
2: and Kurt are both like, what? And is like, what? And Ogre's like, I charged up, y'all
0: done talking now? Let me kick your ass. And Riku's like I will also special move. Mine is faster. And champion's like I have to protect GBN because uh, it's important to me. So no. shiny biga sword.
2: So we're gonna uh, brute force conflict this. And this is one of those that I really feel like the game, the thing set it up for this clash because we saw how badly Kiyoya was absolutely wrecking them in the maneuver battle. That's what he's good at. So him going to the brute strength beam clash approach here really makes it feel
0: like he's throwing the match yeah
1: i love love the animation that we get in the next like 30 seconds here with some of the the... best in the entire show I
0: i wanted to talk about it like for the last couple minutes even like when riku and sarah are hugging the animation is so much better than it usually is it almost looks bad because of how off model it is just because of how much better it looks than normal,
2: they put a lot of effort into these expressions of them. It makes it look like Riku has a personality, and the way they animate the champion just makes
1: him look like a deranged, absolutely deranged. It's kind of great, but like Jeremy said, it does also look kind of off-model because it's so much better. Ogre looks fine, I guess. I so. do
2: love how they're <laughs> beam clashing, and Riku's like, "We'll protect what we love," and Ogre's is just like,
1: "Grrr, food." <laughs>
0: And then we cut to the Gundam white space where Kiyoya is asking Sarah what she wants as the Gumplar are breaking apart, specifically Ogre and Riku's. And Sarah's like, I want to be with everybody. I want to be with them forever. It's not quite Nico Robin saying I want to live, but it's close enough.
2: (laughs) I should get there. It's good. So the beam clash goes on long enough to make you wonder what's going to happen before Ogre and Riku just overwhelm the champion. I do feel like he threw the match here because he easily
0: could have gotten out of the way. We've seen him do it numerous times already. And he does not seem at all concerned about this loss. He he seems a little forlorn. Again, very good animation on him.
2: His expression here is perfect.
0: It even
1: says, magnificent. You showed me the power of your determination.
2: Well, like I said, I think he threw the match because he wanted to save Sarah from the start. As well as the fact that... uh, this was what he wanted from the beginning, but I can see why he would be annoyed or sad because you don't get
0: to the top by wanting to lose or liking to lose. Yeah. So Ogre does a face plant into the ground while Riku tries to fly for the castle and he, he Ogre's like, yeah, get him. I do love his expression because it's still kind of got the I'm going to
2: murder
1: things expression on Ogre. He's like a little punch drunk, I think.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he's like, oh God, that was good. I need a cigarette, Riku. Go get her. (laughs) I'll be here when you get back. So he is flying towards the balcony, which Sarah jumps out on, so she can at least get that far with the barrier. We see a whole bunch of those hazard errors popping up as Riku's like, thanks, Double-O Sky. We did it. And I love this shot where he dis-like- (laughs) Unsummons. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The Gumpla, and his Dismissed? flying swords. Yeah, dismisses. That's the word I wanted. Well, I, I did have the thought of, I'm, I'm... it's a very good
2: thing this world doesn't have fall damage. Yes. Apparently. But it does have conservation of momentum, which is great. So apparently Sarah could also jump off this balcony. Yeah. Which, thinking about it, that might be enabled because Kiyoi is disabled. So his privileges on
0: the castle might be disabled. Again, they are animated so well, it almost looks bad as Riku
1: flies into a hug with her.
0: Knocking her back onto the balcony, so Molly inflates herself like a gum-gum balloon to Which, catch them.
1: Is that a thing we have established Mall can do? No, no. Okay, I we didn't think so. We have established that she
2: can change sizes and get smaller,
1: but not bigger. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I forgot that sh- it got smaller earlier on. So. But I do
0: love it. <laughs> <laughs> she returns the normal size. I was like, I want to be part of this cool-looking hug. It's so well animated. I got to be in this. It does make me wonder about the
2: usual rules for something like this because,
0: <laughs> yes, he has grabbed the flag, but it's not his mobile suit. So he could summon his mobile suit around them. There is a rad shot at the end of Rerise where Sarah and one of the other L divers take a hit get blown out of their gumplas and go flying back and Riku and the other main character unsummon their Gumpla and resummon them around them when they're in their arms, like catch them and resummon them and keep fighting. So the GM's like, well, shit. (laughs) Well, he's like, ah, it's the end of a Gundam series. Look at all these pretty lights. They must illuminate the future and possibilities and all Shakespeare comedies end in marriage. So this is good. I have accepted that the champion is right. And you guys win. Yeah, so
2: he just declares them the winner, although at the same time, like Jeremy said, they could easily just resummon Riku's gunplay and capture the flag with that. Yeah. So it's more of like just putting a
0: stamp on the formality than anything else. Cut to Rommel, who's still got the three of them in a pit. And Rommel's like, hey, it was nothing personal. I guess you guys won.
1: Sad But if this
0: world were to collapse and Kurt is like, Captain, you did all this for me? Thanks. You're a good leader. But I'll live.
2: And then he says the thing that I've also been thinking. If GBN were to go away, we'd just have to rebuild it.
1: Yeah, it's a game. Yep. Yep. No, I mean, again, all of this is just
2: a game. It's... Sure, it would take time, but you'd probably have access to the original code somewhere. They backed that shit up for a long time.
1: Well, you say that, but they apparently don't have backups of the damn server, so I don't know.
2: And I mean, it's probably not like WoW where they lost the code after a decade.
0: We talked earlier about the 5% chance, obviously, it's going to succeed, but I kind of did have the thought, even though I knew how Build Divers ended and this wasn't it, that we've compared this to Digimon a lot, and I don't know if they're actually taking influence from Digimon or not, but children's shows like that will often end with the world of fantasy going away.
1: It's a metaphor for growing up.
0: Exactly. It's also the way every Persona game ends, with you having to leave all your new friends to go back to your old boring life. And they could have done something like this. There is usually also the implication that a return to it is eventually possible. But this line specifically made me think they could actually end with GBN being destroyed and just the implication that GBN 2 is coming out.
2: And have to build a new version? Yeah.
1: The problem is, according to what Koichi said earlier on, GBN would only be destroyed if they failed to the transfer Sarah. So...
2: That would imply that Sarah was also destroyed.
1: Yeah, exactly. So you could, like, mess around with, like, the structure of that to make that happen, but...
0: It was just a thought I have. If we said there's a 0% chance this goes wrong, and I thought, actually, there is a version of this that is a kid's story that Gundam Build Divers could still go for. But generally speaking, in
2: those stories that you're referring to, like Digimon, the digital world isn't destroyed. Yeah. The main characters just lose access to it. Persona, at least five... The world is gone, but you don't lose your friends, including the character that was part of the world. You still have them in the real world. So, like, that doesn't change anything. You don't lose anything. Yeah. Except your special powers that allow you to actually kind
0: of horrifyingly change people's (laughs) minds about things. (laughs) Yes. Take another build fighter shot. That ends with them losing the ability to make Gumpla move. But then in the credits, it is implied that the genius that was like, how does this work? figured out another way to do it. How
2: did they lose access to making... To Reverse guy?
0: Okay. And Kurt goes on, we're builders after all, remember? Yeah, but builders are not the same thing as coders. <laughs> it's a metaphor. It's following along with what
2: uh, more or less Sharyar said earlier.
0: So the credits start as the rest of build divers show up to the balcony. Maul is very cute.
1: It's still raining sparkles. Do you think that Avalon just is programmed <laughs> to do that every time a battle ends?
0: And the announcer announces raid battle is about to start. and We have a countdown from 10 minutes. Cut to Tori in the lobby. He's like, hey, build divers. You just need to get her to the lobby so we can so get her can out. So she can log out because you need to be in the lobby to log out. And is like, Avalon, we're really cool and let me have my Gumpa back. So we're going there now.
2: I mean, to be fair, I would definitely see Kiyoya yeah. doing that.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. It's just the time scale on this is weird to me. Yeah, like, how long has it been between the two? Because we don't yeah. know how long it was. Yeah. So Bill Divers and co. All exit, and they're like, oh, why is there giant enemy crabs coiled <laughs> around the lobby tower? What is fucking Megidramon doing in this series? I knew it looked like a
2: <laughs> Digimon, but I could not remember the name of it. But I had the very same thought of, what is this Digimon
0: doing here? And so Riku's like, what is this Digimon doing here? And Sarah's like, oh my.
1: Is this based off of anything? I think,
0: At first, I thought it was going
2: to be like the Dark Gundam, but I think this is Build Divers proprietary.
0: It might be based on something from SD Gundam that would not surprise me, but I also believe it is original to this series. If they're stealing from Digimon, it's probably a Build Divers original. (laughs) And that's the end of the episode on a shot of Build Divers, Shariar, Maggie, and Tiger Wolf being like,
1: This was unexpected. I thought we were done with the show.
2: What do you mean there's another episode? We've resolved the conflict.
1: Yeah, I really feel like they could have cut like two minutes out of this episode and then just finished the series, but...
0: There's stuff in the last episode that I definitely think is worth it, and I also get the desire to celebrate. It's weird because I'd com- not completely forgotten. I'd remembered parts of the last episode, but I completely forgot this last giant space bug out of nowhere, but Re Rise ends on something very similar, Huh. and I re-rise it makes more sense it is more like not foreshadowed but it's like a character does something ridiculous but i it kind of does make sense but in build divers i attribute it to build divers coming out during covid and getting split into two 13 episode series instead of 125 and them having an extra episode and them just going let's just go hog wild and go like full fan service in the last one i could see that i also believe
2: that it probably had something to do with Okay, now everybody will be friends again, so let's show everybody being friends again.
1: Yeah, I was going to say the show's obsession with the lack of character conflict, I think, is part of their motivation to do this. Although
2: that is really more for the next episode than
1: yeah, this one.
0: Decent episode overall. It's a end to the conflict, like we said. It's weird that there's another one, but it all plays pretty well. Tyler, do you have a high point?
1: I'm going to take, I think, the easy one and just the amazing if almost too amazing animation of ogre and riku fighting the champion that's like the entire episode you just okay asked. no so specifically the like sakuga moment where they're <laughs> animated super super well
0: okay
2: drawings zaps yes. you have drawings point. i think i have to go with how effortless Kiyoya is when it comes to dumpstering ogre and riku like he is just absolutely wrecking them and it's Great,
1: And it's really well portrayed like it, the posture of his mobile suit at any given point is relaxed
2: well, and it looks like it's not overblown like he's doing something ridiculously silly like I'm, I can do this because of whatever it's literally like oh yeah you guys aren't really used to working together so I'm going to exploit that and I've been doing this for a lot longer
0: than you have so I'm going to use every single trick of the trade. It's going to be weird because I criticized it and I do think it can be better. Because Re Rise does something very similar in a better way. But I think the big damn Heroes moment that Ogre gets works pretty well. It's a good turnaround for the episode. I agree.
1: I had something else to add to that. That's but when it I just pops up, right? It.
0: Yeah. Before we get to low points, Tyler, you said last week that you would be very upset if Riku managed to beat the champion. So how are you with this resolution? I'm curious.
1: This is fine because I think as we discussed, the champion kind of throws the fight. And also, it's a two-on-one. I was expecting Riku to win in a fair one-on-one fight, and that is not what happened. So I am perfectly satisfied with this outcome.
0: I am too, and I agree with you on all those points. It's super weird that our protagonist feels like he's in the same spot he was at the beginning of the series now, though. I mean, he is established as being in like the top ten and being a contender, and clearly the champion is just so far ahead of everyone else. But it seems so weird that he doesn't have a moment of like, no, I'm better than this guy.
1: I think it only feels that way partially because we never really got to see him be better. We just are told he is better, and we never see like any actual improvement.
2: That's a good point, because people keep saying Riku's
0: really good, but we don't see him improving. He has no victories, right? He loses to Tiger Wolf, he at best ties Ogre, and he technically beats the champion here. But like we said, the champion is very protected in this match.
2: It's a two V one and he's kinda of throwing
1: it. I think that's part of the problem of making the supporting cast all extremely high ranking characters is that you can't have him beat them without diminishing their like relative uh, importance in the world.
2: Without them basically feeling like they're jobbing for him.
1: Yeah.
0: So what do you your low point, Tyler?
1: I think it might actually be the scenes with the GM in this. They feel a little bit unnecessary considering how much he's been harping on it already. And I don't know that it really adds to the tension. I think it could have just been scenes of Sarah having those thoughts herself. Zach?
2: Like Tyler said, it's kind of difficult to come up with an actual low point. I think I might have to go with the random Hayaki member that manages to appear in the waterway in time to help Momo. Because all the other ones make sense out in the woods and out in the world, but this guy just popped up into the sewer ground to, to help Momo out of nowhere. Because I they just... had to have somebody to save everybody, and that—that's like that's not even that bad thematically. It works just fine, but
1: it is a little bit like, wait, it, how did he get there? It
2: feels much more Deus Ex Machina than the rest of them do.
1: I'm assuming Lizard Commander just has a position of ev- or of everyone on <laughs> the or on his side. I'm surprised they didn't commit any suits to this, actually, but it's fine.
0: I think this is a pretty good episode, so my low point is kind of a quibble, but it's super weird that Shariar and Tiger will go down and just are fine in this episode. It doesn't really matter. They don't contribute to the victory. They are effectively out of it. They just have a little conversation with Rommel that I think needs to happen for someone in this episode to reestablish the stakes and positions. I think it does a lot of work for Rommel's character. It just seems super weird to have them job to the champion and just get back up.
2: Yeah, especially because they were, they're shown to be so badly damaged. Like I said, Tiger Wolf is missing an arm and like half his Gundam is gone, but he's perfectly fine to continue the fight.
1: Say, Kaoya is used to just like one-on-one duels where the victory is obvious, so he never remembers a double tap in situations like this, and that's really his main weakness.
0: I mean, you can even easily headcanon He purposely didn't finish them off.
1: Yeah. I mean, no, I I
2: believe that, or he was planning on it, and and Riku just happened to be right there when he was going to take care of it, so he had another problem. I'm more of saying that Tiger Wolf is perfectly capable of getting back up and doing all kinds of fancy martial arts things with half a Gundam. Yep. Do we want to add
1: anything to our mobile suit list this week? What do we have left to add?
0: The H2 Magnum, for one thing.
1: Oh, have we not added that
0: yet? Oh, yeah,
1: okay. We were waiting
0: kind of to see all of
2: its
1: tricks. I feel like we have seen... All but one of its trick spoilers. <laughs> that, that's a combo trick. I love it so much. It's such so a dumb. dumb
0: The H2 is legit one of my favorite mobile suits. Specifically I love the Dark Hound, but I'm a big fan of the Zeta Gundam and the H2 is a take on that. And the Magma Mad sword funnels, and I think it's an incredible design.
2: I really like the H2 Magnum. I don't think it's
0: top two material, but it is definitely in that region.
1: Yeah, I also really, really like it.
0: Like, I think it's better than the Justice Gundam, which is our number five right now.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that.
2: It's such a sleek looking design. The sword funnels are actually really neat. Um, And the way it's used in this series, like the way it's animated and all that is really strong.
0: The highest mobile suit we have from this series is at number three. It is the Astray No Name. I like the H2 Magnum more than the Estray No Name. I don't like the junk aesthetic as much as I know Zach does because he's making a face at me right now. I think they're very good, don't get me wrong, but I like the H2 Magnum more. I was thinking along those
2: lines, I like both a lot. I think I like the Estray No Name more because of the fact that it tells a story on its own. I like the junk aesthetic because it has that implied... Look at all the battles I've been through and everything I've learned, and that's what is incorporated into everything, as well as the fact that because of the way that one arm is, it makes it look like it's got one of those neat capes
1: over one side of it, and I really like that design look. I agree with you on everything you just said. I think I like the H2 Magnum more, partially because sword funnels are just so badass. Also, um, I think Kyoya kind of bumps it up a little <laughs> bit because he's a fun pilot, and Tsukasa is kind of a, eh, why...
0: So now we ask the question, is it top two material? I actually do like it more than the Vilcus. The Vilcus gets docked because of the CGI animation it's always in. That's not super fair to the Vilcus, but it is how I feel. Whereas there's not a bad shot of the H2 Magnum.
2: The Vilcus is legitimately one of my favorite like mecha suits in general. Because I really like the sleek look it has. It's very, at the one hand, ornately designed and minimalist in what it looks like. So I really like how they incorporate that and make it look really good. So that's one of the reasons why I really like the Vocus, and I think it goes above the Australian No Name,
1: well, and the H2 Magnum. I think it goes above both of them. Um, so I guess it comes down to me, huh? Yeah. Um, so I will say I like the Vocus's color design a lot, or maybe not a lot more, but more. I do like the H2 Magnum's color scheme fairly well. It's like a better version of Sharyar's color scheme.
0: One of the things I love about sword funnels is that green color they give them all the time, and I don't know why, but it always looks so good.
1: And yeah, it's got this stupid buster sword, it's got stupid sword funnels, it can transform, which is maybe actually a point against it.
2: The Vilkas can also transform. The Vilkas also transforms. So they both yeah, get docked fair. for that. Um,
1: <laughs> this is a tough choice for me.
2: One of the reasons for me is that mm. I really like that white and gold color scheme. The white, it's gold, really and blue good. color scheme.
1: yeah. And it's like pointy in a weirdly interesting way. And it has a hood ornament. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to give it to the Vilcus. That is a tough choice, but.
0: I mean, know, isn't it? When we get to the top three, it should always be tough. That's fair. <laughs> so the H2 Magnum is an incredibly respectable showing at number three, below the Vilcus and above the astray note Name. Funny
2: how the, like the two best designs in the series are the two antagonist designs.
0: I mean, Kiyo is barely an antagonist, but yeah.
2: He is an antagonist at the time, so that's
0: why I'm throwing him under the bus on that one. And that will about do it for this episode. If you are listening on Patreon, we are running a poll right now for what bonus episode we should do to celebrate us finishing Gundam Build Divers. I wanted to watch the Re Rise episode that's a crossover, but one of our patrons literally paid us to not watch Re Rise. so I figured he should at least be allowed to vote against it. <laughs> there will be some other options. We haven't figured out everything yet. I have an idea I like that would be fun, and I think Zach and Tyler are going to provide some. We'll see. If there are only two ideas, you know who slacked.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what if there are three? Then it'll be ambiguous. It's
0: true. If you're listening to this in the public feed, the poll should still be running. If you join our Patreon... We were very, very close to our $50 goal recently, where we will play through Journey to Jabaru, We had a little bit of a Patreon dip, which is no big deal. But if you want to see us do a Let's Play, we're incredibly close to that goal. And now that we are all vaccinated and healthy, we should be back to doing actual bonus episodes instead of just crying and thinking we should do them. (laughs) Tyler, was this Gundam or was this Isekai?
1: A tougher question than it was, I think it's Gundam. I think it's Gundam more than it's Isekai. Zach? I think it's more Gundam
2: than Isekai because here we've got people yelling about their motivations and discussing the new world and whatnot. That's all Gundam stuff, despite the fact that Isekai is literally being dumped into
0: a new world. All right. Join us next week when we will be watching episode 25, A New World. Bye.